everybody welcome to the grim feature i'm michelle and i'm still ron and you're still ron i was cracking up because you were just like i'm ready and started coughing immediately so <laughs> you yeah. post-covid cough it's a horrible totally horrible thing it. you know it's like that death rattle yeah but all right well um we were on i guess a little mini hiatus there for a week like a week we can have i checked our our listeners our, mm -hmm. our viewers as i like to call them yes and i think we're still at 15 so i mean so we didn't lose them we didn't maybe. not not for a week let me let me double check here but you know you never know they, yeah they could be fickle sometimes apparently when you have as many children running around as we do things get a little hectic sometimes and sometimes you just you know you look at each other and you go huh we it's been over a week and we've not put out an episode so which is crazy because i got so much to talk about you know, i just i'm just saving it for the right moment i to... know well you know in this wild and fast world of podcasting <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's just part of the game it is part I of mean, the game baby the hardest part is cashing all the checks I mean, I mean i don't have time for this i mean i gotta go to work but yet i have every day checks in the mail you know Mm -hmm. That and the fan mail. The fan mail is. You know, Gosh, it's been off I'm, the I'm, chart. I am trying to respond personally to everybody, but there's just so much right so now. So much fan mail. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, I can't even keep a straight face on that one. So uh, fortunately, with the podcast, nobody can tell if we're keeping a straight face or not. Right. It's the magic of audio. That is. That is. So remember, we got a. Uh, uh, email page so you can send fan mail i don't know what it is and apparently cause... ron will personally respond to it so once once michelle checks it and forwards it to my regular email i will personally respond in four to six weeks <laughs> right you know snail mail send an autograph picture of myself us, though to put a rush on it <laughs> yes an autograph picture <laughs> of me yeah one of your calendars from the er completely worth it <laughs> I like the one with me by the log shed, you know, with the axe in my hand. Mm -hmm. It's pretty manly. It's pretty great. That's exactly what I thought <laughs> yeah. when I saw it for the first anyway. time. Anyway, okay, we, we've stalled enough. This is the only way we get our length on a podcast is we just go. <laughs> I don't know. I've got quite a few notes on this one. Um, and today I was joking that today is going to be a not-so-grim feature. Mm -hmm. Um but as I was looking for something... Are you telling me this is a happy story? Kind of. I don't know if it... I mean... I don't know. I'm happy. It's just this lady was really cool. And the more I learned about her, the more I was like, I got to I got to tell Ron about this lady. Um, and I already told you a few things, but um, we're going to go ahead and we'll get started here. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. So this is the tale of Deadshot Mary Shanley. Ooh. So when I say Deadshot Mary Shanley, uh, you, you know you're cool if you got a nickname. If you got a nickname, it's pretty awesome. You're either a bank robber in the wild, wild west, <laughs> or you're super cool, one of the yeah. two. Um, so I'm going to, um, well, let me just start by saying, so she was not a bank robber. Um, she was actually um, a female detective that she worked from the 30s to the 50s mm. in New York City. So Tough time. Yeah, so she was a tough lady. So, um, actually, she retired in 1957, so I, am, I found a little snippet of an article that um, kind of you talked about this, because she became something of a local celebrity, and um, we'll talk about why, but 
Um, so, sub sub so, excuse me, I can't talk. On September 17th of 1957, um, the Montreal Star um, had this piece of news out of New York. And I, I just love it. So I'm going to read this first part of this to you. So, because a sigh of relief went up from a portion of the city's minor league underworld today. Detective Shanley is retiring from the force. Mary A. Shanley, also known as Deadshot Mary, applied yesterday for retirement after 26 years on the distant side of New York's finest. Man, that's a long time to be a cop. I'm right? Anywhere. Anywhere. Any job, let's be <laughs> honest. Says Mrs. Shanley, who is 61 years old, has been the scourge of pickpockets, purse snatchers, shoplifters, and mashers since becoming one of the city's first lady cops back in 1931. She is arrested or helped arrest more than 1,000 such lawbreakers. Impressive. Yeah, so she had quite a career. I just love that they opened with a sigh of relief went up from a portion of the city's minor league underworld today. No drama at all in no, that. No, not at all. So, so Mary Shanley, um, as I said, she was one of New York's first female police officers, and she would eventually be uh, the fourth woman to achieve the rank of first grade detective in New York City and the NYPD. So, um, she was born in 1896 in Ireland, and her family immigrated to New York and settled in New York City's Hell's Kitchen. Hmm. So they said that, um, you know, so she grew up kind of a rough part of town um, and she really developed those street smarts that served her so well as a police officer. Wasn't the Gangs of New York, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie, kind of set in Hell's Kitchen? I have actually not seen that movie. It is an amazing movie. I'm not surprised mm -hmm. that you watch Gangs of New York because it seems to be... You're kind of a movie. It's a very violent, crazy movie. I had to watch a lot of gangster-type movies while we were laid up with COVID. <laughs> like a and ridiculous those, amount. And those were tame movies. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, um, in the 1930s is when she became a police officer, and she was one of the first females to do this. And typically women police officers were assigned to look for pickpockets, Looters, vagrants, and sex off uh, sex officers? No. Sex workers. <laughs> Sounds like a very different kind of profession. Um, and sex workers. Uh, they also had this primary like objective, though, that their job was to identify and protect vulnerable women throughout hmm. the city. Um, kind of relating, too, because they're women as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, in her first year to this end, one of the things she was assigned to do was to look for fortune tellers and psychics. Because these were seen as people who really took advantage of vulnerable women. They were preying on, you know, things like widows wanting to speak with their their dead husbands. Then, wasn't it? Or their kids that had died, you know. So they were just seen as someone, as a profession that really preyed upon women. Okay. So, um, so when you look back at the headlines, some of the first arrests that she's, you know, reported to have made were these like fortune tellers and things. They talk about busts where they bust a bunch of psychics and stuff. It was kind of funny. Hmm. Um, so this was her first year, but she was eventually moved to work the anti-pickpocket beat. Ooh. So she then became a plainclothes detective. And so she would, again, just in casual clothes, um, move throughout the city. So she was really easily overlooked. You know, people would just think this is just another woman out doing her shopping. Um, and 
I thought one of the coolest things about this was that apparently she would sometimes bring her young niece with her to just help complete the image. So <laughs> she would take her niece and they would go out together while they said, um, it was actually really funny, one of the articles I read, because it said, while she browsed Macy's for pickpockets. <laughs> um, I thought it was really funny. So they would just pose as a mother mother and daughter. Um, just rambling around through Macy's. Um, but this reminded me of Monsters, Inc., you know, br- bring an obscure relative to work day. Like, right. But can you imagine, like, if you are, I mean, when they say young niece, I assume, like, I you mean, know, five. probably young enough that she wouldn't have been in school throughout the day. Mm, right. So sure. can you imagine if you were, like, five and your aunt was like, all right, little Ron, come to work with me. <laughs> right. And you get to watch her, like, arrest people while you're doing it i mean that would have been the coolest thing ever as a as a kid so that would have been amazing i'm sure that was very neat um so she started on the plain clothes you know detective work looking for pickpockets and um i'm just going to talk about some of the things that came from that um actually one of the first things i do want to say is that in 1934 is when the nypd began requiring their female officers to actually carry a gun Um, and Mary was very proud of her gun. Um, she became a bit of a local celebrity, like I said, after she was the first woman to actually use her gun on the police force in an arrest. And she did this by firing into air, into the air in order to scare the suspect she was chasing. Hmm. Um, she was one time quoted as saying, you have the gun to use, you may just as well use it. <laughs> So that doesn't fly these days, does it? No. And apparently she used it um, quite a bit, uh, mostly just to intimidate, um, rarely to actually fire at someone to try to hurt somebody. Um, She was big on pulling it out, pointing at somebody to get their attention or shooting it into the air or whatever. So, um, so she was pretty successful working. Um, you know, I said browsing the stores, pretending she was just out shopping. Um, she also found a lot of success in apprehending what are called seat tippers. Have you ever heard of a seat tipper, Ron? I have not. So if I told you that uh, there are seat tippers out there um, in this, you know, seedy world of pickpocketing, what would you suspect that a seat tipper does? Any any thoughts? Any guesses? I'm thinking it'd be some random dude who's like shining some shoes out in Harlem and they still tips. Okay, you are completely wrong, but thank you for playing. So close. So close. Actually, not at all close. (laughs) So the way seat tippers would work is the person who is going to rob somebody would, they'd be in a theater, movie theater. So part of what she would do is she would kind of hang out in movie theaters. Like she was just somebody else watching. Right? Um, So she would hang out in the movie theaters. But what these thieves would do was they would sit behind the seats that people were putting, like, their bags or their coats in, the empty seats. And once the movie started, they would tip the seat back to slide the stuff into the floor. Mm. And then they would pick through the stuff, get up, leave, and, you know, be completely missed. Because most people in the movie theater are watching the movie, so they wouldn't know until it was too late that's ingenious yeah we don't endorse that (laughs) don't get us sued ron (laughs) fair enough fair enough um so mary would watch for this quite a bit so this was one of the places that she had a lot of success in catching criminals and uh she would often sit in the back of the theater watch for this activity and then she would sneak up on the person as they were going through the the stuff to try to get get what they wanted um 
<laughs> Reportedly, she would often come up behind them, put her hand on their shoulder, and whisper in their ear, this is a pinch, honey. Pinch being slang for an arrest. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, again, that's just hilarious to me. Um, one time, she actually arrested a pickpocket <laughs> at St. Patrick's Cathedral during mm. Mass. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> so... They said she went in dressed in all black, like a woman in mourning, and saw a woman take cash from another woman who was kneeling in prayer. So this other woman came up while this other one was you know, absorbed in prayer, just stole the money out of her bag. <laughs> How do you think Mary apprehended this pickpocket? I think in, in Sunday Mass, she pulled her gun, made a big scene, and arrested her. So Mary fired two shots. <laughs> yes, of course she did. To stop her from fleeing. <laughs> In mass. <laughs> Perfectly appropriate. Which is amazing, again. She's dedicated to her craft. Yeah, right. Um, In 1938, she was in the papers again after arresting another suspect of pickpocketing. After she knocked him out with her pocketbook. Nice. Um, apparently, this guy, you know, she literally, she just clubbed him over the head with her bag, knocked him unconscious. Nearby police officers on the street saw this and rushed over thinking she was a victim. And apparently, she flashed her bag and told them, well, I got him and I could take him in myself. <laughs> of course you can. I love this lady. Like, can you see why I was like, I've got to tell this story. Absolutely. Like, right up your alley. Um, other high-profile things she did, uh, she one time acted as bodyguard to Grace Kelly while Ooh. she was shopping. Um, like I said, she was a pretty, pretty well-known, and so she was eventually uh, pro profiled in the Panama City News Herald. So on February 4th, 1939, they wrote a story about her as she was about to go to London for uh, some work trip. So I, want, I again, want to just read this article to you. So, because I, again, it's amazing. So this was 1939. Okay. When Mary Shanley mingles with the well-dressed shoppers in a Fifth Avenue store or with the pushing housewives in a 14th Street bargain basement, she is one of them. If she stood out from the crowd, she wouldn't be any good at her job. For she is Detective Mary Shanley of New York's Pickpocket Squad, who always carries a 32 revolver in her bag and is the only woman in New York police history to ever reach the rank of second-grade detective. <laughs> it says, Detectives assigned to the Pickpocket Squad aren't given leads, says Detective Shanley, who has red hair and hazel eyes and looks as though she might be a college physical education instructor. So I start my day by dressing to suit the neighborhood I've decided to work in. All day long, she wanders through department stores, stands in theater lines, and pushes her way into crowds. Five times a day, she reports to the department by telephone. When anyone looks suspicious, she follows him or her, as the case may be. Usually it's a her, for Detective Shanley does her work where there are crowds of women. I can usually tell in 20 minutes whether a suspect is legitimate or not. Often when I have a hunch there's something phony about a woman, I trail her a whole day without seeing her try anything funny. If that happens, I trail her home and then look for her picture in the police files. If I find it, I keep after the woman until I catch her at work. Detective Stan Shanley has, among the arrests to her credits, the name of 12 of the country's slickest female pickpockets. 
Arrests aren't always made without a chase or a struggle. Just a few weeks ago, shopping crowds were startled to see a woman, pistol-drawn, chasing a man in and out of Fifth Avenue traffic. <laughs> it was Detective Shanley, after a criminal of many arrests. She got him, too. Detective Shanley likes her job. It's exciting, she says. Right now, especially so, for I'm being sent to London this week. I'd die if I had to go back to working into an office. Working in an office. It's the first time a woman detective has even been sent to Europe on a case, and Mary Shanley is excited as any woman would be about a trip abroad. So, so that was the article about her. So um, she's obviously very enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. So I just Googled the pictures. That's what I do with these podcasts. She's intense looking, right? She loves her job, and I bet she is a cranky old biddy. Well, she, I mean, and she looks like, well, and apparently, like her family said, like they, you know, everybody loved her. She was great, um, but yeah, she is a she's a large, I mean, she's a hefty woman, yeah, like not like just, like she. I mean, you know, so she she's can hold Irish. her own. She, I mean, she looks like you know your sturdy Irish woman. Because like even heard the picture of her smiling, mm -hmm. like she ain't putting up with nothing. No, I mean, you don't. I don't feel like in the '30s you become a police officer as a woman. If you're a pushover, that's, that's true. for sure. That's true. So now, of course, everybody has some blemish in their in their record, right? Naturally, I mean, it's got to happen. So, um, and I think I was laughing about this and telling you about it earlier, but we'll tell it again for the sake of the podcast. So, um, so of course, she did have one instance of a discipline um, on her file um, that did result in a demotion and a suspension. Mm. So. Um, while off-duty in 1941, Mary was having a drink at the Spanish Rail Saloon Bar in Queens, accompanied by her bulldog, Jiggs, which again, of course, she would have a bulldog. Of course like, she would. Just fits the profile here. Um, a man began to harass her for being Irish, so she drunkenly shot across the bar at him, just missing him. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, it serves you right for being racist, dude. Okay. What can First you say? First of all, nothing says I'm Irish like <laughs> being drunk and pulling a gun in a crowded bar and shooting at somebody. <laughs> but who am I? I don't want to offend nobody. I mean, nobody. We're, not, we're not living, we're not just leaning into that stereotype, so, huh? So if any of our 15 viewers slash listeners are Irish and I happen to be wrong, send Michelle an email. Let her know. <laughs> wait, wait, why me? Because <laughs> I don't check the email. Uh, you're right. Um, and then I will personally respond in four to six weeks <laughs> with an autographed picture of myself. <laughs> um, so she was arrested. Um, Shocking. <laughs> she was demoted and suspended. Um, her charge was con conduct unbecoming an officer and overindulgence in intoxicants. Um, she did return to service a month later and was eventually promoted back to her previous rank because, you know, Mary was good at what she did. Um, so in fact, she bounced back pretty well. I mean, she had a, you know, again, we, she had this career with great distinction. Did it say how long it took her to get her promotion back? It, all I could say was shortly after she was promoted again. So it was basically for show. We're going to demote you. Pretty much. Next month. Don't worry about it. We'll I, get you back. It's so weird that the police would do something like that. Nah. Okay. And that's as political as I care to get. So that's moving right. right along. You know what the most trusted in my, uh, in my, the most trusted police department is? LAPD. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Speaking as a native from LA, you right. can really... Nothing um, but smiles and friendship over there. Uh, <laughs> okay, anyway. Sorry. Well, what's going to happen is in like 
three years, somebody's going to find this and we're going to get a lot of hate mail. We're <laughs> right. not even going to remember this moment. It's fine. Just send Michelle an email. <laughs> as soon as she forwards it to me, I will respond Gosh. as promptly as I can. The autograph headshot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, she bounced back. She continued her career. Actually, uh, New York Mayor LaGuardia. Is it LaGuardia? I can't say. Oh, I'm, after the airport. LaGuardia. I'm guessing the airport was after him. But. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I meant. LaGuardia. LaGuardia. I can't, why can't I say that? LaGuardia. Uh, yes. There we go. I want to say LaGuardia. That's mm. not it. Anyway, Mayor LaGuardia. Gosh, after praise. the airport. <laughs> after, <laughs> you know. So weird. Right. He was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing you're here. We actually have an airport <laughs> with your name on it. Like, you should be a mayor around I, I here. I see the, the, the mom. What are we going to name my little baby boy? <laughs> And you then know, a plane landed. There's a brand new airport over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm sure that was it. I'm sure that's how it went down completely. If, um, if I'm wrong, I'll be surprised. <laughs> I will be less so. Um, so he praised her, saying she demonstrated not only keen intelligence and fine police work, but also courage at a moment when courage was needed. And I believe this was in reference to... Um, an arrest she made when she was 54. So this would have been a couple of years after her, her uh, demotion arrest, all of that. But um, apparently a, she was at Macy's when a 22 year old man burst into the store with a gun. Ooh. So William Speccio, I believe is how we're, that's how I'm going to say it. Sorry okay. if I'm wrong. Um, began walking up and down the aisles with his gun as staff and customers alike scrambled for cover. Um, now, it was later reported that this gentleman had actually just released from Creedmoor Hospital in Queens, which was a mental hosp uh, institution. He'd been hospitalized a, a couple of times um, and had just been released into the custody of his father. Um, now, as far as I can tell, like, you know, his father, you know, he was fine. But um, he had set out to commit homicide, is what it said in the newspaper article Ooh. I read. And um, sorry, I'm laughing. So we were just interrupted by a lizard delivery. So Ron is now chilling with, uh, which one is it? Is it Joker or Loki? I can't tell the difference. I mean, I make up a name. They are your grand lizards. How dare you? <laughs> Not to be confused with the grand wizard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, uh, you know, Ron's daughter's lizard is just chilling on Ron's shoulder at the moment. So we now have a third host to the podcast. He's actually making a break for it here. Yeah, he is. Here. Yeah. Hope you out. Reposition him. I do. Oh, he's, he's anxious. You've got to chill, my man. There we go. He, uh, it's your soothing he's voice running. and calming hands. He looks like the gecko from the um, the commercial. He is a gecko, so that's that probably could, that part of it. Why. That's why he looks like a gecko. <laughs> he's not green. He's more yellow. <laughs> Gotta be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Anyway, well, well um, which one are you? Definitely Joker. Is this Joker? This is Joker. Anyway. Uh, there's so many lizards in our life now, so. It's ridiculous. Um, fun fact about us, um, you know, your, your 16 year old has a couple of lizards. Um, her love of lizards has probably come from 
your oldest daughter, who is now into reptile rescue. As I like to say, collecting lizards. <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of lizards in our life. But okay, anyway, back this to the story. happened in a very juicy part of the story. Um, so this man, like I said, William Speccio. So he hops into the city, or the city, the Macy's. He has a gun. He was just released from this mental institution and had reportedly set out to commit homicide. And it said for about 10 minutes, he was running up and down the aisles of Macy's as everybody ran for cover. Mary, during this process, uh, prevented this from becoming fatal. So apparently she snuck up behind him with her gun drawn and snapped, drop that gun boy, at which point he freaked out and indeed dropped his gun. She arrested him and the whole situation was diffused at that point. So she definitely stopped this from becoming a, a big deal. Um, and actually the article that I was reading about this, um, they said that actually just recently, like right before this had happened, there was another instance of a man going into a store and apparently stabbing several people. Ooh, so so is... the city was kind of on edge anyway. Um, so this was a big deal. And the fact that, you know, she was able to get him stopped and arrested before anyone was hurt, you know, as he was prepared to go on this rampage was pretty impressive. So, um, so, in 1957, again, like I said, she went ahead and retired after more than a thousand arrests. Oh my goodness. Okay, let me... The lizard... Okay, Joker, my dude, you're gonna have to... Okay. Um... <laughs> everybody who cannot see anything that's happening, we're gonna have to post a picture of me with my little co-host here. Um, so people can understand. <laughs> So, again, after more than a thousand arrests, Mary retired at 61 years old. Um, she lived fairly quietly then until 1989 when she did pass away in New York City. Um, actually, uh, a nephew of hers later did create a documentary profiling his oh, really? age, So, um, And in that documentary said that Aunt Mary could smell a crook. She could go into a crowd and just know who to tail. Hmm. And that is the story of Deadshot Mary. That was pretty pretty entertaining. Right? Like I said, a not-so-grim feature. No, no. It was a good, story. But I liked story. it. Did you also like it, my little co-host? Is, is this Joker? Yeah, Joker. it's Joker. Okay. All right. Thank you for your, your assistance, Joker. You were a great, silent, strong type. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are not at all cool to these kids. I just want you to say that. Not even um, remotely. I'm pretty cool. Um, okay, are you? <laughs> I don't know. I think they're warming up to you, but I'm, I'm pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, she came, she took the lizard, she left. So um, anyway, so that is the story of Deadshot Mary with a little side of Joker antics. So I would have thought the story would have been better is she would have shot somebody in a drunken barroom ball. She tried to. <laughs> she did. It would have just made the story better. Yeah. <laughs> but there wouldn't be a story then because then she'd be in She prison. would just have gone to jail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. it wouldn't have worked so. out. Either way, I mean, it's just a heartwarming story. Just a lady coming up. Because, you know, back in, like you say, in those days, women weren't really. No, you know, not at all. Like I said, she was uh, really, like, you know, 
pretty boss lady. So yeah, and we'll have to put the picture online. Um, she's not one to be no messed with. No. no, did you catch though in that one article they said she looks like she might be a college physical education teacher? <laughs> and I was like, what? Uh, it's like, man, your thirties are showing. That's for sure. <laughs> right. It's like what a stereotype, but. She tends to wear boots and flannels. Oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, it's as political as I get, everybody. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, yeah, that is the story. Cool story. Um, like I said, I, I was feeling I wanted something a little lighter yeah. this week. It I, was, you know. Super light, super friendly, super fun. Yeah, but, um, you know, really cool lady and somebody worth talking about, yeah. I think, so. You know, we can't always be all about murder and death. So it's, No, it's especially nice when the world is so difficult sometimes. You so. know, we're kind of on a roll of upbeat, you know, lighthearted stories because we just had Sam the Sandown Clown, you know. Yeah, you know. And he wasn't super creepy. No. He was a, oh, a good he old... Oh, he was pretty creepy he was looking. A, he was a good old but, boy. But you know he what? Had, he, he was almost a, sad about how he, you know... He had a heart that just wouldn't stop. And he was afraid of humans and he wouldn't fight back. And I that, mean... And now we got Now the, we got Deadshot N- Mary. NYPD, drunken Irish, I'll shoot you. Because I'm not Irish. Because she's got a gun. Might as well use it. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm going to shoot in the middle of mass. But, you know, whatever. It's cool. uh, That was like my favorite story. That's the best when part. When it was like, it, during, you know, during church, she fired her gun into the air twice. <laughs> right. Because, you know, that's the way you want to handle that. But anyway. But that was a good story. I appreciate the research. And um, maybe I'll do one here in a couple weeks. I will believe it when I see it. And, um. So, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And a shout out to our 15 listeners. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day Day to you. You guys are the MVPs. To each one of you. We wouldn't be where we are today without you. Even that guy in Europe who found us by accident. (laughs) That is like the funniest thing to me when it's like France. I'm like, who the heck is listening to us in France? It's probably one of our friends that actually go on vacations. They're like, oh, let's see what those two idiots are doing. And we're like, whoa, we're in France now. Do we have friends that have gone to France? Uh, probably not. I don't feel like we have. I got, I got some jet-setting friends, but all they're our, definitely all, not me. I feel like all of our friends are medical professionals, and we're too busy being burnt out and worked to death. <laughs> well, these single people, they, they travel more. That's I've, true. I've got more friends but in Mexico right now. But they're all travel nursing, too. So. Well, no, not really. Oh, well. But. Well, they, they just have they're traveling time. quote unquote but right. it's like yeah i'm traveling <laughs> i'm in this really cool location but i'm actually here to work like in a covid ward or whatever like right. it's yeah but again all right well so i guess that's that's where we are we're just kind of rambling at this point yep. so thank you guys so much for listening if you liked it you know please tell your friends Send We'd us an email. To, let us really know. Cool, be really cool to hit 20 listeners. I'm going to be really honest with you. The first person that sends us an email, I'm going to read it live on the air. Oh, gosh. Um, we should maybe be careful about that. First off, live <laughs> is not an option right. because we pre-record everything. And it's a podcast. Two, we are a family-friendly podcast. That is true. About murder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will edit any unsavory text that might be in there. Yeah. However, and it's your this is your fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. So you can reach us at thegrimfeature at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, the, our page is just the Grim Feature. 
with a lovely picture of a Grim, Grim Reaper, Reaper. <laughs> chilling in sunglasses. So Very if you see that, that's us. That's us. Um, and if you're in France, go ahead and give us a listen to. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely worth it. No, it'd be great. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next week. Uh, hopefully, be back on the weekly plan. Um, but we say that, and then life life finds a way. <laughs> life always finds as, a way. As a as a great scientist said in a great movie. <laughs> It's Jurassic Park. Ah. Uh, Malcolm. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Ah, he's my Life finds a way. <laughs> That's my, shouldn't quit my day job and become an impressionist. So. And on that note, thanks everybody. Bye. Have a great night. <laughs>